Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. everybody hope you're feeling well we're getting close to kickoff time in college football and that's why we're here welcome to another edition of strong as steel the most efficient effective informative and analytical podcast you're going to get anywhere around the college football landscape i'm michael regai we're focusing in uh, continuing on the big 10 today big 10 west is up and ready to go and of course as always the preeminent analyst in all of college football. Check him out on ESPN, on all of the platforms, television, radio, uh, on also ESPN.com as we say, hey, and what's up? And we know he's ready to go, Phil Steele. What's happening, Phil? Hey, Michael, how the heck are you today? And, uh, you know, you mentioned ESPN. Just a quick note for you right here at the top. Uh, If you to follow sports other than college football, ESPN Insider's a great deal because it's just three thirty-three a month. And if you go to ESPN.com slash Bill Steele, it'll take you right there. And uh, you can't beat the price, get your coverage and all that. And, of course, you get all my ESPN Insider articles up there as well. So that's ESPN.com slash Phil Steele. Take you right to the ESPN Insider uh, part there for uh, three thirty-three a month. What a fantastic get that is. And, Phil, you're also, uh, of course, you know, uh, at least a couple articles a week on Insider and uh, .com. And you're also going to do NFL, too, aren't you? You're going to write NFL some this year. Yeah, college and NFL for ESPN Insider. So looking forward to that. Going to do every single game in the NFL, uh, the premier games for the college, and uh, a bunch of different things. Hopefully we'll do a bunch of sports centers and Mike and Mike's, things like that during the course of the year. So stay tuned to ESPN all season. Phil's going to be a busy guy, and make sure you stay tuned right here and let everybody know about it. You know, now, we really gained a whole lot of momentum last year as we ran through the entire regular season and on into the bowl season on Strong as Steel. You guys responded in kind, and that's why we want to make this show the most effective and the very best from an analytical and entertainment standpoint 
for you. So uh, check it out. iTunes, you can access it. We've done the SEC on Monday and Tuesday of this week. You'll want to check that out. Uh, yesterday, we went through that loaded Big Ten East, and Phil and I both concur that uh, oh, there, there could be some uh, tremendous intrigue and excitement with squads in the Big Ten East and maybe the same in the Big Ten West. So uh, let's get this rolling. Here today, and we start, Phil, uh, the Big Ten West, and uh, that means in the the state of uh, Illinois, as Lovey Smith returned uh, to the state, this time as the the coach of the Fighting Illini of Illinois, and Phil, it was uh, as a rough go in year one, three and nine for Lovey Smith in his first season. Three quarterbacks played last year, Phil, and I remember you and I uh, each and every week here on Strongest Steel uh, wondering who was going to get the football to uh, trigger their offense last year. But, you know, they only averaged 17 points a game in, in a Big Ten play, and but they've got that uh, that big-armed uh, JCQB coming in, uh, Dwayne Lawson. Uh, this offense has got to improve and take a major step forward. We know that. Yeah. But, Phil, yeah, do you absolutely. see it happening? That's the bottom line. <laughs> yeah. And with just five returning starters, you know, that's a team overall for Illinois that returns 30 lettermen, but they lose 26. So that's actually one of the uh, lowest percentages of lettermen returning in the country. And that's why when you look at Illinois, they rank uh, in the Big Ten towards the bottom of the experience chart, which we have in there as well. And uh, that's a big factor in it. Now, as you touched on, uh, I think they get some quarterback stability bringing in Dwayne Lawson. Uh, he's a kid that uh, is signed with Virginia Tech, went to a junior college, and uh, he's six foot six, two hundred thirty pounds. My number eighteen rated quarterback out of high school. They've got some decent running backs like Kendrick Foster at receiver. They've got Malik Turner, and how about Mike Mike Dudek returning? Here's a guy that you know. You go back to two thousand and fourteen. He had over a thousand yards. He missed all of fifteen, and then last year missed it again with injury. So if he's back to that uh, 2014 form he showed, look out. The offensive line should be better. And my computer rankings, which are in the front and project the stats for the season, say that Illinois goes from averaging 19.7 points per game up to 24.9 points per game. So there will be an improvement. Now on the defensive side of the ball, uh, they have just six starters back there. They lose 10 lettermen. Uh, but there is some talent. Uh, Jamal Milan up front on the defensive line. Trey Watson, the linebacker. Jalen Dunlap at the cornerback spot. Uh, it's not going to be one of the Big Ten's best defenses. Probably still ranked towards the bottom of the uh, FBS uh, this year. And uh, I think once this, this looks like it's going to be another rebuilding year for Illinois. They had one last year, dropping to 3-9 and nine after just missing a bowl in 2015 and making a bowl in 14. And I think it's one more year. And, and that coach has usually hit their stride in year three. Yeah, Lovey Smith will uh, will look to continue to recruit, and uh, the, you know, Phil, that Chicago recruiting base as uh, as he looks to you know geographically get it done out of the Big Ten. That's going to have to start paying some dividends and be strong for him, as we know. We like to give you uh, how the uh, the guys in the dev- desert see uh, win totals for each team uh, here at Strongest Steel, and Phil with Illinois, uh, the gang at uh, at South Point. See a a three and a half number for Illinois. I you know look. I mean we know the gauntlet uh, in the Big Ten that they're going to have to go through. And is this a squad that's capable of winning a couple couple of Big Ten games this year? 
Uh, you know, their best shot at winning in the Big Ten is probably at home against Rutgers. They'll be favored in that one, and uh, a, a decent shot at winning that. Uh, they do play Purdue, uh, but they play them on the road, which is going to make it difficult. They play Indiana, they get them at home, but I only have them favored in two games this year, Michael. That would be the Rutgers game at home and then the uh, Ball State game to open up the season. There are other two. You look at those two non-conference games besides Ball State. Western Kentucky, one of the favorites to win CUSA, and South Florida, a team I think could go 12-0 and this year. Sure. Neither one of those is a gimme. So if you're looking at that three-and-a-half number, I think they'd be hard-pressed to top last year's three-win total. This is one of those teams I'm probably leaning towards the under. And like I said, when you get a new head coach, it usually takes three years because you've got to bring in your own personnel. By the third year, the majority of the players are your own recruits. You've got the system well-established where you want to be. So I think they make their move in the Big Ten next year and use this year as one more rebuilding year. Hang in there, Illini fans. <laughs> it's, it's looking like, uh, you know, pointing to 2018. But if you establish some positives this year, uh, you know, maybe that, uh, that helps catapult the process a little bit quicker. So that's the story in uh, Champaign, Illinois, with the, uh, the fighting uh, Illini. Let's, uh, let's move into the state of Iowa. And, Phil, uh, now this is uh, uh, taking on even more, I think, uh, of a, uh, a little bit, uh, not different story, but where a, the, um, the spotlight will be on uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes a little bit more because now with, with Bob Stoop stepping down, Phil, Kirk Ferentz now is the longest tenured head coach at one program uh, in the FBS. 19th year now, Phil, in Iowa City. We know last year he had that top 25 defense last year. Only gave up 18 points a game. Kirk's always strong on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, eight and five finish, though. They uh, blasted by uh, Florida in the Outback Bowl. And, you know, needs quarterback uh, play to, to be over the top. Uh, C.J. Beathard graduates. They get Ohio State and Penn State from the Big Ten East. Wow. This, uh, this uh, might turn out to be a, uh, one of Kirk Ferentz's tough tasks as he's in year 19 now, correct? Yeah, and I was a little disappointed with Iowa last year. I thought coming into the season, you looked at their road games last year. They did not have a single road game against a team that had a winning Big Ten record. In fact, they were just 10 and 30, yet they were only 8 and 5 last year. Generally, when you've got that type of schedule, uh, and they avoided the big boys too last year, uh, that type of schedule I would have expected more than 8 wins. Now this year, a large increase in the schedule difficulty, as you mentioned, pulling both Ohio State and Penn State out of the west and uh, or out of the east, I should say. And not only that, but you look at the main contenders in the west. Well, it would be Nebraska, that would be Wisconsin, and that would be Northwestern. They have to face all three of those on the road. Yeah. So that's a tough, tough schedule for Iowa this year in a, game, a season where they're probably going to be an underdog in as many as six games. Now, generally, though, that's where Coach Ferentz does his best. And breaking down this Iowa team this year, I think Nathan Stanley's going to step in. It's between Stanley and uh, Tyler Wiegers at the QB spot, but I think they'll be able to come up with, uh, despite losing their quarterback from last year, they should at least match last year's stats, which were 56% in a 17-10 ratio. I like Akram Wadley at the running back spot. 
they got Akron Body also in there, so they've got decent running backs. The receiving core is your big question. In the spring, they only had four scholarship wide receivers. You know, they get Vandenberg back, which is big because I thought he was their best wide receiver heading into last year. Mm-hmm. Missed all of 16, but he did miss the spring, so they need him back fully healthy. Uh, the offensive line, though, will carry him in some places. Last year, they won the trophy for the best offensive line in the country. Uh, and this year they've got four starters back, so that O-line is going to be stout. Defensively, you got to like Josie Jewell, Bo Bauer, and Neiman at the linebacker spot. I rate them the 15th best linebackers in the country, 20th best defensive line in the country, so they're strong on the offensive line, strong in the front seven. They've got a good special teams. They've got the makings of a good team. Now, can they maneuver through this much tougher schedule that they have this year is the big question mark in my mind. Yep, I'm with you. You know, love the O-line as well. Uh, veteran and uh, Kirk Ferentz always, uh, you know, has the big fellas uh, offensively up front uh, that can perform uh, very, very well. I- I'm with you on the defensive side of the football, but, uh, you know, quarterback play might be might be um, something that uh, you got to keep an eye on. And uh, for, for Ferentz's sake, you hope it doesn't fluctuate in that on that roller coaster ride all year long. But we mentioned looking at the schedule, uh, you know, uh, Penn State and Ohio State uh, from the, the Big Ten East. And, Phil, uh, South Point uh, has uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes, uh, you know, this year at that, that win total sitting right at seven. We mentioned eight and five a year ago. A uh, big field goal at the buzzer win over Michigan in late November that got him one of those um, those strong wins. But, boy, Phil, I don't know. I, I, I think that's right about the area they're going to be. You know, the bounce of the football, anywhere from, from six and six, maybe uh, up to on the good side, eight and four. So that seven is sitting right in there. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, as mentioned, the thing I want to point out about Coach Ferentz is he usually does his best when expectations are low. And expectations will be low for Iowa this year. So that's a good thing for them. And if you're strong at the line of scrimmage and strong in the defensive front seven, those are the areas you want to be. But looking at their schedule, as mentioned, I've got them a dog in six games heading into the year. So mm-hmm. if I'm going to look at that number, the uh, the only way I would go on that one would be leaning towards the under, and uh, it would be mostly due to the tougher schedule. I think this year's Iowa team is better than last year's Iowa team, but the schedule is a lot tougher. Yeah, they, uh, you mentioned a couple of uh, terrific individual performers uh, they have. Got to love Josie Jewell, who uh, certainly has established himself as one of the top linebacking forces in the country. You know, a lot of you, as we go through the Big Ten West, I'm sure want to make your plans to see your favorite football team as um, as they go on the road or even you want to get on campus at home. Hey, I've got just the perfect way for you to do that. Seat Geek. That's right. I get asked all the time, what's the best, most efficient way, Reg Eye, to buy tickets for uh, all the games I want to see in concerts and theater, too? I tell everybody, it's SeatGeek. They're the smartest, easiest, most effective way to get the seats you want. Now, SeatGeek, the reason that is so effective is because they've got a seamless mobile experience for you. I've already tapped in. I've got my tickets to go see Bruno Mars coming up uh, on stage uh, a little bit later on this summer. The SeatGeek mobile app allows you to buy and sell all the ticks you want with just a, a couple of taps on your mobile device. Best seats at the very best prices, fully guaranteed. So you're going to be able to see your favorite college football team 
NFL, hey, we get into the the winter, the NBA, the NHL, you can do it with SeatGeek. Make sure you get involved. SeatGeek has got to be your go-to app. It'll save you time. It'll save you money on every type of ticket, sports, concert, and theater. You name it, SeatGeek will get it to you. And the best part of your SeatGeek experience, you're on it right now. Because you're a strong as steel listener, check this out. You can get 20 bucks, $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All you got to do, as I said, download that SeatGeek app. Very simple. On the mobile device, enter promo code STEEL, STEEL, S-T-E-E-L-E, for 20 bucks off. Allows you to be front and center. Seats you want, prices you want, any event you want. Make sure you do it the best way, the only way. It's got to be Seat Geek today. Great to have you with us on Strong as Steel. Michael Regai, Phil Steele, our producer, Jim Nabosna. We're in the Big Ten West today, and, of course, we're concluding uh, the Big Ten today. Now, you can go to iTunes. Just get, a, get into iTunes, and you can archive what uh, we've already done show-wise this week with uh, both the SEC West and the SEC East, and, of course, um, the the Big Ten East, and oh, is that loaded as Phil and I went through yesterday. Go to iTunes, and you'll be able to archive uh, any of our shows. Phil, we're, we're through uh, Kirk Ferentz in Iowa. Let's, uh, the other side of the coaching spectrum in the Big Ten, welcomes P.J. Fleck now. And I don't know if P.J. is going to turn the Big Ten upside down with the Minnesota Golden Gophers hired after um, his Western Michigan squad went went a perfect thirteen and zero, and then did uh, get beaten a tight one by Wisconsin in the uh, the Cotton Bowl uh, in January of this year. But Phil, we know this a stellar run for Fleck at Western Michigan. Uh, he has uh, you know certainly turned around the fortunes of that program, but more importantly now gets a shot after Tracy Clay's who was uh, let go. Went nine and four with Minnesota a year ago. Now you had Clay's as your ninth most improved team a year ago. Flex got to find himself a quarterback, right? Uh, because he's got to replace Mitch Leidner. Phil, do you expect PJ Fleck to be able to go in and and spin that magic and row the boat successfully at Minnesota as he was able to do at Western Michigan in the MAC? You know, I think when you look at last year, and you touched on him, the ninth most improved team in the country, and they jumped from six wins to nine wins, and what a bowl win that was in the Holiday Bowl. I mean, they had a, a suspension-ridden uh, secondary against Washington State's potent offense, and yet somehow held Washington State to 12 points, 303 yards, and came out of there with a large upset victory. One of the Big Ten's few bowl wins last year, and it was Minnesota that delivered it. And uh, Clays was rewarded by being let go in the offseason. Now, yeah. uh, when you look at the overall talent that they have coming back, I think it might be tough to top last year's. In fact, it will be tough to top last year's nine-win total. But I like the situation P.J. Fleck is moving into. Now, let's start with the talent. You talked about the quarterback, and it really is up for grabs. You know what? Uh, Demry Croft opened up the spring game as the starter. He did hit a big touchdown pass. But they've got Seth Green, the redshirt freshman, uh, PS number 22 quarterback. And, guys, if you don't know what a PS number is by now, I'm not going to explain <laughs> it each time. Uh, 
he's six foot four, two hundred thirty-five yards. And then they got Connor Rhoda, who also has some experience. They've got a great running back combo. I mean, you look at Rodney Smith and Shannon Brooks, two of the more underrated running backs in the country, and then a Kobe McCrary thrown into the mix as well. Rashad still gives them a decent receiver. Nate Wozniak, uh, you know, big Waz. Uh, gives them that uh, big uh, tight end that you like, and the offensive line looks decent up front on the defense. Steven Richardson is a guy that can be a playmaker on the defensive line. He's a tackle, so you're not going to see 27 sacks or anything like that. But last year he had seven. For a defensive tackle, that's outstanding because they're in there in a lot of traffic, and he's getting the penetration. They've got good linebackers. And the secondary, a little bit of a concern, but I think they'll be solid. Now, I talked about the situation, and, and here's what I like. Mm-hmm. You, you know, P.J. Fleck is a guy that's all about uh, messages and yep. belief and all that. Well, he, here's the situation I like about Minnesota. They open up with Buffalo winnable game. They then play Oregon State on the road, winnable game. Middle Tennessee at home, winnable game. Maryland at home, winnable game. If they were to jump out of the box 4-0, and now all of a sudden teams like, you know what? This P.J. Fleck guy sure knows what he's talking about because we're 4-0. and Then guess what? At Purdue, winnable game. Michigan State at home, winnable game. Illinois at home, winnable game. Now you're 7-0. and You're like, you know what? We could beat any team in the country. We love this P.J. Fleck. We are rowing the boat. And that's the kind of message that Minnesota could jump out to this year. Now, the final five games are all difficult. At Michigan, home to Nebraska, at Northwestern, uh, at Iowa, and home against Wisconsin. But if they are a confident team, much like we talked about yesterday, if you didn't check out yesterday's podcast, you can listen to it. But when we talked about Penn State, they were a different team after they beat Ohio State. Well, this team would be a different team after seven wins under their belt. So I think they're one of the dark horses in the West, and it's because new head coach, great early schedule, decent talent, and I think they could be playing with a lot of confidence at the end of the year. Yeah, we look at uh, we look at Phil's um, unit rankings positionally around the Big Ten, and uh, you know they're they're at the bottom in some areas, Phil. But but again, I I'm with you. I, I think this is more about the message and. You know, I got a feeling this was one of the things that might have been most attractive to P.J. Fleck, you know, about taking this Minnesota job, uh, the, the at least for this initial year for him. As you just laid out, Phil, the way this schedule lines up, it, it potentially gives his squad a chance to gain a tremendous amount of uh, good feel about themselves and confidence. So, you know, we'll see if, uh, if, if he's able to do that. And I like when you said he's about messages and slogans and what the the program should mean to each and every young man. So that's going to be real obvious to the folks uh, in uh, the Twin Cities, no doubt about that. When we look at the the expectations for them, now Minnesota, as you said, you laid it out, they could get out of the chute with a terrific start through the first eight. South Point uh, has them at seven and a half on that win total. Uh, you think that that possibly that could exceed that, yeah? Uh, yeah, I've got them probably. If if I was in Vegas and I was a lines maker, I'd put the total at seven and a half because that's pretty much where I have it. But based on the the chance of doing it, given the chance of going over seven and a half or under seven and a half. I would give it more of like a 55, 60% chance of going over that total. I think that part, the end part of the schedule is extremely difficult, but if they are 7-0, and they probably do bag one of those games in the final five, uh, even though it would probably be an upset and, uh, and get to that win total. So I'm going to go with over, and I think uh, P.J. Fleck will do a good job in his first year. 
It is going to be a, a tremendously interesting watch. I mean, with P.J. Fleck, I mean, he, he sprints up and down the sidelines, if you haven't seen him, with his football team as uh, uh, the uh, the ends of uh, quarters show up and uh, the field is flipped with directionally. And uh, as we said, he he's a young head coach that gained a tremendous amount of momentum. Uh, around the the college football landscape. So uh, that's the story with the Minnesota Golden Gophers. As uh, we continue on, we're doing the Big Ten West today. Make sure you uh, check out all of our previews. As uh, we keep telling you, you can go get them anytime you want, uh, courtesy of the good folks at uh, at iTunes. So from Minneapolis, Phil, let's uh, let's head a, a little bit west now into uh, that that state of Nebraska, and uh, you know. Uh, Mike Riley's Huskers uh, show up um, in year two, right? Last year, um, of your of your top five in the Big Ten position rankings, and uh, offensive line and special teams. They now down uh, quite a bit, right? Down to one twenty six in your experience rankings. And um, should Husker fans be worried that uh, that that last year's nine and four mark? I mean, again, when you look at everything, both positionally. Schedule experience-wise, Phil, is that attainable again for Riley to be able to keep his Huskers right there uh, in the thick of things in in the Big Ten West? Well, shooting ahead a little and not doing my projection, but Vegas doesn't think so. They only have the win total for Nebraska <laughs> at seven. Uh, but let's let's examine Nebraska a little bit closer and uh, uh, you know start with the the offense now. The last two years, uh, Mike Riley has wanted to come in, and you know Mike Riley's offense at Oregon State. He likes to throw sure. the football and hasn't really had that passing quarterback. Tommy Armstrong had a strong arm, but only 51% completions, 14-8 ratio, but he was a dangerous runner, 512 yards. Well, now he's got the quarterback that fits the system in Tanner Lee. Now, you may go back and look at Tanner Lee and watch him at Tulane and say, well, he only completed 56 and 52%. Maybe he's not that good. But NFL guys tell me that he is 6'4", 220, didn't have great surrounding talent at Tulane, had a fantastic off season, or season last year, even though he didn't play. Uh, in 16, went to the Manning camp, was one of the best QBs there. NFL guys are drooling over Tanner Lee, and now he's in the perfect system because a Mike Riley offense caters to a big, strong-arm quarterback, much like Tanner Lee is. The receiving core has got DeMornay Pearsonell, who's one of the more electrifying players in college football. He was coming off injury last year. I think he'll be much stronger this year. They've got Stanley Morgan at the receiver spot. So this is a team that's going to have a drastic shift, I think, offensively, whereas last year they ran for 169 yards per game and threw for 212. You're going to see more passing yards this year, probably up to something like 263, at least that's what my computer says, and only 111 yards per game rush off front on the offensive line. They do have a veteran group. Defensively, they've got some players there like Stoltenberg uh, up front, along with uh, Newby and Young at the uh, linebacker spots, uh, Aaron Williams at the, the free safety spot. So the six starters back on defense help, and they should be improved on defense as well. Now, examining the schedule a little bit closer, they have to play Oregon on the road, and we'll talk about that in Pac-12, how I feel about Oregon this year, but that's going to be a tough test. Getting teams, getting games against Wisconsin and Ohio State at home can be a great thing or it could be a really bad thing because if you end up losing those games, 
then all of a sudden your winnable games are on the road. Whereas if you win those games, then you can have a season well beyond expectations. So that's probably going to be the key in those games coming back-to-back weeks. Later in the season, they do have to play Penn State on the road. They have to play that Minnesota team on the road, which you just talked about. So I think the schedule uh, sets up pretty well for the South Point putting up a seven number on that one. Yeah, you mentioned Phil. Uh, that, that's the uh, first and uh, second week of the uh, the month of October for back to back at home. So Memorial Stadium in Lincoln, we know, is going to be absolutely rocking when Wisconsin and Ohio State come in back to back. They also do get Northwestern at home. Now, Phil, all of that having been said, we mentioned the nine and four last year, and you know, a very disappointing finish got thumped in that Music City Bowl, a couple of touchdowns, uh, got beat by 14 by Butch Jones in Tennessee. But uh, the guys at South Point see the Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, as you said, now that that over-under is sitting uh, at seven for them. When you take into account the schedule, uh, Ohio State and Penn State drawn from the east. Well, it's going to be a tough gauntlet for uh, for Mike Riley to uh, – to maybe get above that seven-win mark, is it not? Uh, it will be tough, but uh, I think if I'm leaning one way on that seven, seven's probably the legitimate number that should be on this team. Uh, I would probably lean towards the over. I just think that uh, you know Mike Riley has sort of been handcuffed his first two years, not able to run the type of offense he wanted, and now he's able to run the type of offense he wanted. We'll see how that plays in Nebraska. I remember they had a, a switch to the passing offense about a decade ago with Bill Callahan, that didn't work out so well for them. And it took them years to get back to the running game and years to get back to the productivity. But uh, I think if Riley's going to be successful in Nebraska, he's got to have his offense. He's got the quarterback to do it. And uh, I'm going I'm to lean towards the over. Yeah, you know, uh, I, I always used to make sure I checked out Tanner Lee, uh, Phil, when he was kind of uh, kind of the gunslinger type, right? Now, not afraid to throw the football in a crowd, I think what was his uh, touchdown interception ratio at Tulane? Just about even. Yeah, 23-21. Yeah, yeah. But you're right. I like the point you make. This is the. uh, This is really the. Tommy Armstrong was, uh, you know, a terrific mobile quarterback and was able to use his legs to make things happen. But uh, you're spot on. Lee is the type of quarterback that. that Mike Riley likes to play with, uh, and and we'll see if this improves the pass game for the Nebraska Cornhuskers. So we will keep an eye on them in the uh, the Big Ten West this year. Strongest steel rolling on for you, Michael Regai, Phil Steele, our producer Jim Nabosna, as we break down each and every one today. We're doing the uh, the seven squads in the Big Ten West, and of course we'll continue our roll right up until kickoff time. We're only uh, seven weeks away from that, by the by, as we can't wait for the end of August and that first big college football weekend. All right, from Nebraska, we head back a little bit east, a little bit north to the state of Illinois. Phil, I think you and I have both disclosed uh, many times on the show that Pat Fitzgerald is uh, is a favorite of both of ours. Uh, the guy has uh, done a terrific, terrific re- job in Evanston with his Northwestern Wildcats. Uh, 16 returning starters, Mr. Steele. The coach Fitzgerald is loaded and ready to rock this year. Up to number 17 in your experience chart. Now, the question is, Phil, I mean, they are legitimate. I love, I know you do too. You, Clayton Thorson at quarterback and Justin Jackson at running back, 
You know, you might not think, folks, that they're uh, uh, the at the top in those respective positions of the Big Ten, but I think uh, all those that play them, Phil, think they are. This is a very competent football team, Phil Steele. Yeah, much like, though, with uh, Coach Ferentz over at Iowa, it seems like when expectations are high, Iowa underperforms a little. When expectations are low, they do well. Expectations are high for Northwestern this year, but they should be. When you look at the overall talent of the team, as I touched on, they have 16 returning starters, as you touched on, I should say, eight on offense, eight on defense. Clayton Thorson's a guy who, when he came in as a freshman quarterback in 2015, they gave him probably, I'm going to say, 30% of the playbook. They didn't want him throwing the football over the field. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he only had a 7-9 ratio. He only completed 50% of his passes. Last year, they said, okay, we got a veteran quarterback now. Let's see what you can do. And look what he did. He improved to 59% completions, 22 touchdowns, just nine interceptions, over 3,000 yards passing, which doubled the previous year's passing mark. And now this guy's a veteran senior QB. They've got Justin Jackson back at running back. And while Jackson, you know, if you compare him to Saquon Barkley and line him up side by side, he's not as big. He's not as fast. He's not as strong. He's highly productive. And this is a guy that's going to top the career rush uh, totals here at Northwestern. He's got a great work ethic, and he got a little faster in the offseason. I think Justin Jackson will have yet another 1,000-yard year. Remember last year he rushed for 1,542 yards. Now, the big question for Northwestern is who's going to replace Austin Carr at that receiver position. But guess what? Heading into last year, Austin Carr was nobody. He's a guy that, you know, had just a few career receptions heading in, 16 receptions the year before. He just emerged. I think a Jalen Brown can emerge this year. He's an Oregon transfer. Uh, he's one, 200, maybe a little bit better athletically than Austin Carr, and even our number 17 rated wide receiver out of high school. So keep your eyes on him. Keep your eyes on super back Garrett Dickerson. I think he can have a big year. So I think they'll be okay there. The offensive line looks decent. A uh, good amount of starters coming back there. And with eight starters back on D, they're going to be fine. And how about getting Keith Watkins back? I thought Keith yeah. Watkins was their best cornerback heading into last year, had an ACL in August. He's back on the roster. He's really a freak athlete. I enjoy watching him. And he and Iguabuki in the secondary give them one of the better secondaries in the country. So this is a Northwestern team where expectations are high, but as you touched on, they're high experience-wise. They're high in my power pole. They deserve to have high expectations. Yeah, Phil, and, you know, you look at it, uh, you know, uh, not a a bad draw out of the Big Ten East. I mean, you know, Penn State, uh, that's home. And then they also have Michigan State at home, you know, uh, going to Nebraska, going to Wisconsin, uh, the uh, Nevada, and uh, at Duke in the the first two of the year. So uh, good point you made. But, you know, Phil, uh, Clayton Thorson is very intriguing to me. This is almost the same path. I mean, who would have thought four years ago nobody knew who Trevor Simeon was? And now you here he is to be, you know, uh, Denver Broncos quarterback Trevor Simeon and after his his stint uh, at Northwestern with Pat Fitzgerald. So Thorson and Justin Jackson, I think these are the two guys. they got to light up the scoreboard, Phil. That's why, even though, as you said, the expectations are high, I think Fitzgerald might be able to stay in contention to win that Big Ten West as uh, the year rolls on. The, the over-under for him, Phil, is eight and a half. Eight and a half. We went just uh, a little bit through the schedule there. I think it's doable. I think they can get to nine. Well, I've got them favored in nine games. The uh, the three games I have my dog in this year are at Wisconsin, and then the very next week they host Penn State. But as you touched on, that is at home. 
and then they play Nebraska on the road. I think that's going to be a difficult one. But in the only the Wisconsin game is the only one I have them as a, a decent sized dog. The other two are very close. So they're a team that's very capable of getting to nine, uh, provided they play up to their level. Don't have that uh, early season mistake that they sometimes do, like last year losing to both Western Michigan and Illinois State in their first two games, then having mm-hmm. to rally and go seven and four down the stretch. So as long as they take care of business, which they should in non-conference play, I think they do get to that nine-win total. Yeah, we'll keep an eye, uh, as we always do, on Pat Fitzgerald's squad. Uh, could be big things brewing in Evanston, Illinois, Wildcat fans this year. All right, our Big Ten West preview rolls on here on Strong as Steel. And, uh, Phil, we go to the state of uh, Indiana for one half of uh, the duo that uh, that play in the Big Ten in Indiana. You know, a, near, a year ago, Phil, you know, we were discussing the Purdue Boilermakers. Uh, then uh, uh, head coach Daryl Hazel had a, a very experienced squad, right? I mean, he was 11th in your experience chart. They played many tight games. I remember you and I discussing that throughout the course of uh, 2016. But Phil in steps now as head coach as Hazel was let go during the 16 campaign. They had to deal with uh, an interim head coach. Now, Jeff Brom. And all Jeff Brom has done, folks, if you, if you don't remember the former Louisville quarterback, uh, head coach Jeff Brom, 30-10, and 10, Phil, overall at Western Kentucky in three years. Couple of Conference USA titles, couple of bowl wins. He's bringing in his brother Brian as his uh, co-OC and quarterback coach. And, Phil, I got to tell you, I you know, it's been a long time in West Lafayette, but uh, I, uh, Jeff Brom, I, I think he can step right in and show immediate improvement and a lot of feel-good going forward for Purdue football. Yeah, and we go back to what we talked about with uh, P.J. Fluck. When you bring in a new head coach, you want to have some uh, early success. And if they can have that early success and everybody buys in, I think Coach Brown's one of the better young coaches uh, coming up here. The, you know, you mentioned the job he did at Western Kentucky going 30-10 and 10. Uh, this past year. They started out a little slow and then finished very strong. And he inherits some decent talent as well. When you look at uh, Purdue, they've got eight returning starters on defense. It's almost a no-brainer. Their defense is going to be better after giving up 38 points per game last year. But offensively, he brings back a quarterback in David Blau. Now, you talked about a gunslinger earlier. David Blau's that gunslinger here with Purdue. 25 touchdown passes, but 21 interceptions. And believe me, when I talked to Coach Brom this spring, that is his emphasis with with David Blau is we need we cannot have 21 interceptions. And if you're going to throw 21 interceptions, we're going to have a different quarterback in the lineup. Even though last year Blau threw for uh, over 3,000 yards, so I think that they're we well set up. He is an excellent quarterback coach. He always gets the most out of his QBs, and I think they'll do well in that department. Then you look at the rest of the lineup. You know, Markel Jones and DJ Knox. At the running back spot are a couple underrated running backs. Uh, the receivers, uh, yeah, probably below average, to be honest with you, in the Big Ten. But they've got some talented guys that might be able to step up. On the offensive line, Kirk Barron is their the piece they're building around. He's their big center. Uh, they've got their left tackle, who was playing right tackle last year, moves over to the left tackle spot. Those are two good pieces to have your experienced guys in. So uh, despite having just two returning starters, I think the OL, do, OL will do good. Then watch Glenn Robinson. I know Purdue didn't have a great defense. 
defense last year, but it wasn't Glenn, Jalen Robinson. Sorry about that. It wasn't his fault. He was an excellent uh, player up front, a guy that got a lot of sacks, TFLs, creates pressure, and, you know, he's got decent size at that nose guard spot as well. The Jawan Bentley at linebacker is a guy that uh, one of the top tacklers, and uh, the secondary looks solid. So I, I think he does step into a pretty good situation this year. And, uh, you know, I think he's he's going to do much better than folks expect. And remember, the last three years, this team has won a grand total of six games. They won six games in 2012 when, mm-hmm. they, let, uh, when they let Danny Hope go. So, I mean, it's yep. uh, six games the last – uh, or six and make that nine games the last four years under Hazel, and I, yeah. I think that uh, Brown will do a good job. Yeah, uh, we both do there. Uh, you know, just uh, again, if you if you haven't paid a lot of attention to him, think you're going to this year. I, you know, I see Purdue on the ascent in the next couple of years. Everybody says, well, it's extremely tough to win with that program. It's extremely tough to recruit. Uh, they're more two and three stars. We'll see. Um, you, you, Jeff Brom, when he gets that offense of his electrifying offense percolating, look out. Purdue could be on the ascent. And Phil, you mentioned when you said Glenn Robinson a moment ago, how about Phil Steele? He knows his Purdue sports history, right? You, you, you the big dog, Glenn Robinson, maybe yeah. the, yeah, I thought you were going to tell me he's got football eligibility and coming back to play with. <laughs> Good stuff from Phil there. Um, Phil, we look at the schedule, though. I mean, you know, starting off with uh, Lamar Jackson and Louisville, uh, that opener. And then, of course, uh, Frank Solich in Ohio in West Lafayette. Got to go to Missouri. Phil, look up. Can you imagine if on September 23rd, if at home, West Lafayette, you know, Ross Age Stadium is going to be rocking. Boy, if they could find a way to upset the Michigan Wolverines. Purdue and Michigan have not played since 2012. So if they could find a way to do that, you 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 think that Jeff Brown and his Boilers wouldn't be the talk of the college football world at least for the next week? Yeah, they sure would be at least for one week. And you know those That's are three right. tough, three very tough non-conference games that they open up with, and uh, they'll probably be an underdog at Missouri against Louisville, and that the Ohio game even looks like a toss-up because Ohio is loaded this year. But uh, yeah, the Michigan game is one that they've got to have circled. Unfortunately, they pull Michigan out of the uh, the East this year. I imagine they would have liked to avoid it. Um, they do have to play, uh, you know, like Wisconsin on the road, Northwestern on the road, Iowa on the road. Those are all tough. I think when you look at their schedule this year, Michael, they're probably going to be an underdog in as many as nine games this year. So what's the South mm-hmm. Point number? Yeah, the South, the South Point number, Phil, is, is two and a half. Now, you know, at first blush, I mean, well, I, I know you just said you got him possibly as a dog in nine. It seems a little bit low. Phil, I'm going to go over that just because I think so highly of Jeff Brom and his coaching staff and uh, the injection of enthusiasm they're going to bring to this this Boilers program. Yeah, I'm I'm going to agree with you 100% just based on what you said, Jeff Brom. Uh, Given Jeff Brom's there, I have great respect for him as head coach, and I think he gets it done his first year. And even though I may not have them favored in three or more games, I think somehow, some way, he'll find a way to get there. So I'm, I'm clearly bullish on Jeff Brom and bullish on the over. All right. So uh, I like that bullish, says Phil Steele, on Jeff Brom and what he'll do to turn around the fortunes of Purdue. I tell you what else you also should be bullish on. It's something you really shouldn't. You know how we always say you can't do without the Bible? 
I know many of you are are going through Phil's team pages uh, and uh, Phil Steele's 2017 college football preview as we're on strong as steel right now going through the Big Ten West. But, well, Phil, I tell you what, uh, I'm all set to uh, see the 2017 edition of your Inside the Press Box where you get the at times 10 times 10 or more the most informative informative assessments and evaluations each and every week on each and every game position by position edge level of competition as i always like to say phil i i love how you take that into account phil tell us more and and how we can get that edge with inside the press box from you yeah and inside the press box a great newsletter we talked about it on each of the first three uh, podcasts so far and if you go to InsideThePressBox.com, great examples up there of what it's all about. Uh, completed breakdown of every single game. And, you know, if you like to, to just analyze the games yourself, you'll find it fascinating. But then you also get my take on the game and my computer's take on the game. So head to InsideThePressBox.com. We've talked about it on every podcast so far. Uh, make sure you do check that out. And another thing I want to throw out real quick to you, Michael, is at philsteel.com is the Phil Steel Plus. And the advantage mm-hmm. there with Phil Steel Plus is, you know, in the magazine, I can't color code the numbers green and red because it just doesn't show up well in the magazine, but it does show up well online. And you actually get a running magazine all season long, the same stats you see in the magazine, the same individual game grade, except it's color-coded green and red for a complete breakdown of every single game. And you can tell at a glance team strengths and weaknesses. I line the two pages up against each other and match them up. So go to philsteel.com, check out more about Phil Steel Plus. It's just Twenty nine ninety nine per month or eighty nine bucks for the season. Uh, go to philsteel.com for that. Every day's Christmas, man. I, I tell you, because you you start seeing all of your red and green all over the place, uh, it'll put you in a very uh, festive mood. I guarantee that. So Phil Steel Plus, uh, where the the colors green and red will be in abundance uh, for you. Uh, excellent as always as we go through the Big Ten West. Great to have you along. And uh, make sure you let everybody know, all of your your college football aficionado friends that were with us all uh, during the season last year on Strong as Steel, that um, we're previewing each and every squad in the FBS. All 10 conferences will do this right up to kickoff time in that final weekend of the month of August. You uh, just go check in. You'll you'll see your. Uh, we'll, we'll continue to tweet it out as well, and you'll see uh, when your favorite squad and your favorite conferences are are uh, which days they correlate to. You can always get though the previews. You can always uh, get our podcast uh, on iTunes uh, in archive fashion if you happen to uh, to miss. So I know a lot of you are doing that. All right, Phil, so we've gone through the first six and all the alphabetical order, by the way. I don't think uh, we've been mentioning that. This is not in uh, Phil or, uh, or my projected order of finish. We decided to do each uh, division of each conference in alphabetical order, which brings us, Phil, to uh, I-, I would say right now as we sit here uh, approaching mid-July and uh, what most feel will be the big dog, the one that's going to get hunted in the Big Ten West, and that's uh, that's Paul Christ and his Wisconsin Badgers. Phil, you know, when, when we looked at this this year, and I remember you and I discussing this around the office in January after their bowl win, they faced six top ten squads 
at the time they played them in 2016, right? Six top 10 squads when they played them. They went 11-3, and went to the Big Ten championship game, had that big lead, of course, over Penn State, beat Western Michigan in the Cotton Bowl. And, Phil, I tell you what, I you know, every year – nobody really mentions Wisconsin, it seems. You know, well, yeah, they're a real good program, but, yeah, they're going to fall short of uh, national championship contention. And uh, I thought Paul Christ was just amazing last year. Now, Phil, they get Michigan and Northwestern at home. They don't draw Ohio State and Penn State from the east. Could this be leading to something real special for uh, the Badgers up in Madison this year? Yeah, I think the opportunity exists. Now, I'll tell you this, Michael. I looked at their schedule prior to last year, you know, playing LSU in the opening game of the season, having to face, mm-hmm. at the time, Michigan State, Michigan, Iowa, Northwestern, uh, all on the road, and then, of course, hosting Ohio State. And I said, well, Wisconsin, I did not pick them to win the West last year. I had picked them uh, second or third, something in that area, but I did not expect 11 wins out of Wisconsin's team. In fact, had the over-under you know, been 10, which is what they hit during the regular season, I probably would be uh, living on the streets right now because I would have probably bet my house they couldn't have got to 10 <laughs> games last year. So I thought Paul Chris did a tremendous job. And, uh, you know, you look at how they're set up for this year. You touched on the fact that last year they played six top 10 teams. This year they might not face a single one until they get to the Big Ten title game. Uh, wow. None of the teams that I have on their schedule right now are in, listed in the top ten. And when you look at Wisconsin, here's the thing that's really surprised me with Paul Christ. Now, as you know, Wisconsin is a team that's got big old offensive linemen and they run the football. Paul Christ isn't going to change that up. But his first two years, they averaged 150 yards per game rush. 3.8 yards per carry. Those aren't Wisconsin numbers. Those may be Wisconsin of 1995 numbers, but not the current one, which they normally average high fives, low sixes, or even high sixes. Remember, 2014, they averaged 6.9 yards per carry, 320 yards per game rush. Well, last year they improved. They got up to 203 yards per game rush, 4.3 yards per carry, and this year I see that improvement continuing. they got a nice big offensive line, Michael Dieter at center, Ben Schwale at the right guard spot, Dietzen at left guard, Maxwell and Edwards at the tackles. Big offensive line. They've got Chris James, Shaw, Deal. They've got plenty of talented running backs, a veteran quarterback in Alex Hornibrook, who took over the job last year. Um, you know, over, As a true uh, freshman, right? Yeah. Over last Barkey, year's a true right? freshman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, redshirt freshman. Okay, redshirt. All right. Yeah, 6'4", 213. And, you know, they're never going to rely on Wisconsin's quarterback to uh, win a lot of games for him unless you have Russell Wilson. But he's your typical Wisconsin QB and should do well. they got Jazz Peavy and Fumagalli is a a tight end that, uh, you know, I think he's all-American caliber. And then defensively, they lost some attrition last year. I mean, Sitchi went down with injury, a linebacker. That hurt him. He only started seven games. Alex James only started ten. They've got the majority of the defense coming back. And then you plug in that schedule, which we talked talked about. The road mm-hmm. games at BYU is not going to be easy. At Nebraska is not going to be easy. But they're both winnable, and games will probably be favored. Same thing with at Minnesota, the season final, especially if Minnesota's playing with a lot of confidence. That might just be the game that even decides the West. But uh, I think when you take a look at Wisconsin and that schedule, they might just be favored in all 12 games. So I, I think I know which way I'm going to go on your South Point total when you throw it at me, Mike. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to throw it at you in a second. 
Uh, Corey Clement, Phil, uh, again, you know, one of uh, my favorite backs in the Big Ten a year ago, along with Saquon Barkley and Justin Jackson of Northwestern. I mean, now they, they close to 1,400 yards and 15 TDs graduated, of course, first team, uh, first team Big Ten running back. Uh, yeah. How do you feel about the capabilities and, you know, say, well, Red guy, come on, wait a minute. That's that's what Wisconsin does. As you touched on, they run the football. Clement was special, though. Might it have to be by a little bit more by committee with him graduating? Well, you know, Clement averaged 4.4 yards per carry, which is a little low for a Wisconsin back. Right. I don't know if yeah. he quite recaptured the form he had early on when you know he had all those great backs and he was the change of pace guy that came in. But Chris James is a guy that uh, Paul Chris recruited at Pittsburgh and now comes over with him. He's uh, 5'10", 216, figures to be the starter. He's got speed and quickness to go along with that size. Uh, Bradrick Shaw is a guy that uh, it catches the ball better this year. Also, uh, probably the thing that kept him off the field the most, and the thing a lot of fans don't uh, pick up a lot, is pass pro. Can the running back protect the quarterback? And right. you could be the greatest running back in the world, and you could catch the ball well, but if you don't protect your quarterback in pass pro, odds are you're not going to be on the field because you can't lose your quarterback. Well, he's improved in his pass pro, and I think that means you're going to see a Broderick Shaw, Bradrick Shaw more. 6'1", 208, decent speed, catches the ball well. Taiwan Deals, another guy who was a good recruit. The light bulb probably has finally come on for him, and he really hasn't been healthy his entire career. And uh, they also bring in Sam Brodner, who was a, a Chris recruit last year. They're red-shirted. He's 5'10", 215. So I think they've got good size. I do think a running back emerges. And I think whichever running back emerges as a feature will top Clements' 4.4 uh, yards per carry last year. Uh-huh. Look at Phil Steele telling you that uh, Corey Clement won't be as missed as much as maybe we anticipate. We, we touched on uh, the schedule a little bit. Wow, could November 18th, the uh, week number 11, when they welcome the Michigan Wolverines into uh, Camp Randall, could that be wild? Probably a night setting. Phil, the boys uh, and girls at South Point have Wisconsin at 10 and a half on the over the under. Phil, I listen, you know what? They, they might be undefeated going into that Michigan game on November the, uh, the 18th. Can they do 11 and 1? I think they, they, quite possibly conceivably can i'm going to go over with wisconsin yeah i'm going to go over and i, I fully expect we might see a 12 and 0 wisconsin in the big 10 title game this year and keep in mind when they do play michigan michigan's got some team on deck let me think who it is now it's uh ohio <laughs> state does that mean anything yeah. to michigan fans and to the michigan so. players yeah and so i mean that's a nice spot to get michigan the week before they play ohio state and uh, especially at home in Camp Randall. And as you touched about, you know, if that's a night game, wow, that place is always rocking. Yeah, so uh, Wisconsin, one that probably, you know, not going to get all the glitz and glamour. They never do. Uh, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, who's been the head. Going back to Barry Alvarez's days, Phil, or Brett Bielma, and now it's Paul Chris. But uh, they could be there. When all the yelling is going on, uh, come late November with a chance, as, as Phil just said, uh, represent the West Big Ten Championship game and possibly be one of the final four. Phil, that having been said, though, and kind of uh, putting a synopsis on the Big Ten, as we said, the East is absolutely loaded. Possibility, of as we went through yesterday, of 
of three squads that uh, that could be there, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, come late November with a chance to uh, be college football playoff participants. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll legitimize Wisconsin for sure out of the West. I mean, do you see – I don't know. I don't see any chance that they, uh, unless catastrophe hit in Madison, that they don't represent the Big Ten West in the Big Ten championship game. Well, their main competition, Northwestern, as we touched on, and Northwestern gets, uh, they do have to play Wisconsin on the road, which can be tough, but if Fitzgerald could pull off an upset, Nebraska, uh, I think is going to be an improved team. Mike Riley's finally got what he wants. Minnesota will be that confident team that I think could be 7-0. and mm-hmm. They actually get Wisconsin at home. And then here's the thing. Last year, I completely discounted Wisconsin. I said, Wisconsin plays too tough a schedule, so I don't think they can get there. And guess what? Wisconsin's in the title game. Iowa could very well be that team this year because I'm discounting them because of their schedule. But that's just when uh, Coach Ferentz is at his uh, best. So I I actually think that they've got five teams that potentially could be there, but my clear pick is Wisconsin. Yeah, uh, mine too. I'm right with you on that, and uh, and we'll see how this uh, this whole thing shakes out. But clearly, Wisconsin is the uh, the prohibitive and heavy favorite in the Big Ten West. Uh, you'll get all of this information week by week on the Wisconsin Badgers and every one of your favorite Big Ten West squads. As we said, uh, you go to philsteel.com. You can offshoot that with insidethepressbox.com. Phil Steel Plus, where with all the, as I said, the red and green, every day is Christmas for you. So stay up with every one of your favorite squads in the Big Ten West with all of those opportunities. And make sure you catch Phil as well on all of the various ESPN platforms, Sports Center, the television side, uh, Mike and Mike, and of course, uh, uh, ESPN Insider and Phil uh, on ESPN.com. Coach Steele, I think that about uh, puts a wrap on uh, the Big Ten for us. As we said, everything is available. Archive it um, on iTunes. Uh, Should be a very exciting Big Ten season. I think it's one of the conferences now. Phil, just uh, do you feel it's on a par just overall with, uh, with the SEC? Maybe more should I say that it's thought of that way now uh, around college football. That what is? The Big Ten, that uh, the entire conference, would you say, it's it's uh, in the last couple of years uh, gaining even more momentum to where it's it's thought of, the perception is being on par with the SEC? Oh, absolutely. In fact, uh, I think the general consensus around the country heading into the Bulls last year was that the Big Ten was the best conference because they had the most top ten teams in there, and then the Big Ten's poor bowl performance did not work out so well for them, and actually dropped them to the number three conference in my ranking. So I've got a complete analysis of how the conferences went last year up on ESPN.com right now, so make sure you check that out. And you can also get my outlook on the toughest conferences for this upcoming year all up on ESPN.com right now. That's a beautiful thing, Phil Still. Always appreciate it. Uh, that wraps up our first week. As we said, we, uh, we're breaking down conferences by division. We've gone through the SEC and the Big Ten. And up next for us and you is uh, the, uh, the ACC, both the Atlantic and the Coastal, which will come up uh, starting on uh, next Monday, uh, on uh, Monday, July the 17th. Great job, Phil, as always. We appreciate it. And, uh, We'll look forward to to hearing everything that you have to say about uh, the ACC as we go forward. 
That's going to do it for us, for uh, my partner, Phil Steele, for our producer, Jim Nabosna, for all. Make sure you get that SeatGeek app loaded up on your mobile device now and check out all the tremendous opportunities you have with uh, the good folks at SeatGeek to get the seats you want for the events you want. That'll be a wrap for us uh, here on Strong as Steel. Make sure you uh, join us. As we said, coming up uh, on Monday, we'll start our roll uh, July 17th through the ACC, breaking down uh, both divisions of the Atlantic Coast Conference. For Phil Steele, Jim Nabosna, I'm Michael Regai. We're only seven weeks away, everybody. Let's keep rolling with great momentum toward the beginning of this 2017 college football season. We'll see you again uh, on Monday as we go through the ACC. That's right here on Strong as Steel. Till then, so long, everyone. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.